0: You are listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud, conversations about trauma and healing from two women who are doing the work. My name is Jeremiah Jones, and I am the producer of this podcast. In this episode, Candace and Cher continue the discussion with Lori about Parts Work. Lori explains more about Parts Work and how it allows us to unburden parts of ourselves that believed lies coming from childhood trauma. Listen in as Candace, Cher, and Lori discuss the healing they've experienced from engaging with their young, wounded parts with deep compassion and care.
1: Hey, Candace. Hey, Lori.
2: Hi, Cher.
0: Hi,
1: Candace. We have Lori back again for another week. Last week, you and Lori were able to have a conversation that just gave our listeners a glimpse of your journey of working with Lori as a trauma informed story work coach. And during the course of that discussion, you got into what, what is called internal family system or parts work. We wanted to come back and give our listeners maybe a a deeper and and clearer understanding of what Parts Work is. Maybe some questions came up or maybe even a little confusion. So we wanted to come back and just spend a few minutes and bring some clarity on what Parts Work is. Yeah. And just feels, it, it felt like such an honor
3: for me last week to be able to share about one of my parts and to just have the conversation about her coming more forward and what it has meant in my life. And, and yet then really wanting our listeners to have a better understanding that this is glorious work, and yet it can feel odd and confusing and even scary if you don't have a concept of what we're talking about here. So back today to just talk a little bit with Lori about what do we really mean when we talk about doing work with our parts? So Lori, can I just pass the baton to you? Sure.
2: So it's funny because when I start talking about this, even with myself, sometimes like when I'm doing my own parts work, I have an intellectual part that's like, what the heck am I doing? What, what is this? Like that wants to figure it out, that wants to understand it, that wants to make sense of. And yet I can take care of that part now and be like, no, this is actually true. This is real, this healing modality called IFS or story work. And I combine story work with IFS, which that to me is where the magic happens. Like if I could use a word that really holds it together for me, it feels like magic. When we bring IFS with our stories and then with being able to, to have two or more gathered, because where two or more gathered, there's, there's presence, there's more self-energy to hold and to be curious and to contain and to, to bring safety to those parts of us that we're letting come forward so that they can finally process the trauma that they didn't get to process when it happened. So our trauma, as you both know, gets embodied. It gets trapped and we fragment. So there was about four years ago, my family got in a car accident and it was a trauma. It totaled the car. My daughter got hurt. Her neck got cut by the seatbelt. My dog got thrown from the back into the front. So she was hurt. And yet we were all safe. We were, we all made it. But that night we processed Like my kids cried. My husband talked about his guilt because he it was his fault. I had to talk about the dog. Like we talked about it. And I like to believe, I I do believe, we don't have trauma from that car accident. It's not in our bodies because we were able to process it in a safe, contained way where all our feelings were validated. They were met with love and kindness from one another. So that didn't get lodged as trauma. But what happens to our young parts, they fragment with the trauma and then they get exiled like mm-hmm. Sally, right? Yeah. She was exiled to this basement and she even had that little hat on with the flaps. She's a real live being within you. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean you have multiple personalities. It means you're human. Yeah. right? Like you just have to hear yourself talk. I hear it everywhere. It was in the grocery store. The woman in front of me is talking to the checkout person. She goes, well, one part of me, I'm so busy. And this part of me is just freaking out that I'm never going to get it done. But another part of me is like, what the hell? I don't care. And I just chuckle because I'm like, hello, there's IFS. Yeah, In the wild, like right there in the grocery store. (laughs) I love that you said
1: that, Lori, because if you listen, you will hear people that don't even know anything about IFS and they will be talking about parts. That's right. I I know that I, I love that you named that you had that intellectual part. It it gave me some understanding of what happens with me on my journey of doing parts work. I I experienced that same thing, but I slowed down. Like I haven't called it my intellectual part. It would maybe I would call it my doubter part. But the way I've counteracted that is I know that I know that I'm healing. The more I practice this combined with the story work, I don't care what you call it. It's working. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's working. So so that just that doubter part, I see you. I know that you don't understand all this. You don't have to
2: understand.
1: We're just going to trust that we see the fruit of the time that we're spending caring for you.
2: And I'd want to add to that part of yours, Candice, she's valid. Her feelings of doubt and, and fear are valid and we get to validate her also yeah, as we remind good. her that she's safe. Yeah, that's good. So IFS has has really changed my life in a way because it, there is a process to unburden, to break agreements, to find and say hell no to curses. but. The curses, the, the agreements, the binds are parts held. Our parts actually hold them. So if we don't have access to those parts of us, we can't unburden. Mm-hmm. And what keeps us from accessing those parts is guess what? Our protective parts, right? Our concern parts, our intellectual parts, our doubting parts. I call them our Ennea parts because the Enneagram so perfectly explains how our parts are patterned. Yeah. So, like even when you say your your doubting part, Candace, I immediately think like an archetype of the six, right? The beautiful essence of a six on the Enneagram who brings doubt. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying you have to know the Enneagram, but it helps me understand someone else's part so I can empathize because maybe I don't lead with the doubting part. I lead with more my intellectual part. I call that my five part that just wants to know and understand, know and understand but I have doubting, fearful parts too. I just don't necessarily lead with them.
1: I think it was specific to the IFS work because I very much can identify with an intellectual part in other areas. But this, I think because I had so little information in the beginning, it it felt a little shaky to me where maybe the doubting part popped up and like I need, like almost like I need to see it to believe it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And I see it now and I believe it now. And so really at the end of the day, that's kind of all that matters to me. I want to see fruit. I want to see healing. I want to see growth.
3: That's
2: beautiful.
1: Yeah. And I think part
3: of that healing and growth is, and you've named this a couple of times, lori and I wonder if you can just give some examples of like, you have you have used the word, our parts need to be unburdened. Mm. What do you mean by that? Like, what would some examples be of burdens that our parts carry or hold?
2: So I will speak for my own parts. I, When I was 12 years old, I had one of my stories, one of my Most, and it wasn't even my worst abuse, it was just the most fragmenting for me, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I was with my dad, and I had a lot of hope and a lot of essence in this story, and I really needed to be seen. My parents were separated, my dad was pretty much non-existent, but I was visiting him for the weekend. He had taken me to see an R-rated movie, a very sexualized movie, so I was, my body was all ramped up. And we got back to his apartment and he goes away for a while doing some unsavory things. He was doing drugs, right? It's a trauma story. And when he came back, I was so desperate to connect with him. So I'm thinking about the movie and there was dancing. And so I'm like dancing and I'm like, dad, look at me, look at me. And the amount of hatred and disgust that came from his face and and his mouth telling me to quit being like that and sit the F down. And, and so he didn't hit me this time. It wasn't like physical assault, like it had been in the past with my dad, but it was worse because at that moment, my 12 year old self agreed with the lies that he put on me, that I was too much, that I was disgusting, that I was shameful for dancing with, you know, beautiful, innocent abandon. It was his shame. I know this now because I've done enough story work, but forever that 12 year old part of me held the belief. And then it was reenacted throughout my teenage years that I was disgusting, that I was somehow gross and ugly and unworthy. And I agreed with it. And so I literally, and even like now, as I talk about that part of me, like she's healed, but I feel so much tender towards her because she had so much self-hatred. She agreed with my dad's assessment in that moment. And that was her burden. And so I needed to be able to have her so safe with me that she can literally unburden those lives. And what that looks like in IFS is in your imagination, it really is something that happens neurobiologically in our brains that she had a redo. She got to do a redo. She got, I got to take her out of that dingy drug filled apartment where my dad was full of shame and his own trauma that he put on, on me, on her. And I got to get her out of there and give her a redo to say, no, no, you don't have to agree with that. It's a lie. And when she felt safe enough, she was able to literally unburden it. It felt like vomiting almost. Mm -hmm. Like when I would see her in my mind's eye, I saw this little girl who was just dancing to get her dad's attention, to get her dad's love, and instead got shame and hatred and disgust. She needed to process that. She needed to weep and have me hold her and tell her the truth about her beauty Mm -hmm. and her goodness. And that's Mm -hmm. how you unburden. But until she could actually be safe enough because she believes the lie. And then the protectors, like my protectors, wouldn't even let me get to her. Mm-hmm. She was so burdened and, and full of pain. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm an aide on the Enneagram. So I'm just tough. I just keep going. You're not. She's fine. All the while, she's just like your Sally. Cher, where she's like shoved to the basement, tied up with all her burden and pain of being gross and disgusting and too much because that's what her dad told her. And so she held the lie. So, yeah. In my adult self, I could be like, oh yeah, that's not true. And she's like, yeah, it is. Because she's the one holding the burden. Right. So what IFS does, it helps us to pull apart and to build trust within our inner system. It's our inner family. Yeah. And to give her a space to reprocess, just like my kids got to process the car accident. She needs to reprocess, to process the pain, to get a redo, to grieve that That was my dad's shame. It was never hers. Yeah. But she didn't know it because she agreed to take it on in that moment. Yeah. That's how she survived. She had to take it on.
3: Yeah. And thanks for sharing that, Lori. And I think it's it's really helpful for us to see and to hear your story, heartbreaking, and how your dad's contempt became your contempt. And you own that and carry that. I'm thinking about one of my protector parts who has carried the burden, which looks very different. So I wanted to kind of bring this forward. She's carried the burden of being responsible that everyone in the room is okay. And so she's more of a, she's, she's a protector, a manager. I like to think of this, I like to think of my IFS kind of as we're all on a bus and I in myself in my adult self I should be the driver <laughs> because my parts are children our our fragmented parts are all children at various ages and yet this protector part of mine often come often drives the bus and has often done a lot of bus driving in in my years and as I've come to know her more and more I've been able to help her realize that I'm able to drive the bus now I, and I ask her to Step back and take a seat and relax and let me drive the bus. But she's very good at scanning the room and making sure that everybody is okay and premeditating how to make sure that everybody is okay. So I bring this forward as a different kind of burden that looks so good and so helpful to the world and yet has been a tremendous burden that I have carried. And so just even recently, this young part of mine has. Has been able to become unburdened from this burden of the responsibility that everybody will survive. Hmm. And 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 so I'm just in the beginning stages of doing life without her taking over. And it's been really fun at times to just be able to check in with her and say, OK, are you le- are you OK to let me, you know, drive the bus today because I I'm aware and I'm ready. And I think it's OK if we don't micromanage everything ahead of time. And, you know, I like kind of in a sense, like make sure of where everybody sits at the table so that everybody will play nice. You know, I mean, what whatever the context is, but where she's now able to let me do that. And when we're all say like, we're just going to go in and see what happens happens. And like, and, and I'm aware, and I will keep us safe, like you don't have to keep us and the world safe. And it's been really, really fun to begin to experience some freedom in with that. Mm. But I Chair, wanted to bring that forward to one, one last thing, Candace. and then I wanted to bring that forward because our our burdens can look so good and so helpful to the world too. So yeah, Candace, sorry about that.
1: No, I think that's a good point that you brought up because it is true. There are parts that look very productive to the world until we get into the particularities of our stories. And we realize those parts are actually very burdened. But I was just I, I was kind of cracking up internally when you were talking about the idea of uh, the bus. We've talked about this before, but I have this part and, and I'm an eight, two on the Enneagram, Lori. I have this part that if I tell her I'm, I'm going to go ahead and drive the bus, she would look back at me and say, well, I'm 16 and I have my license now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so... So she's fierce and she, <laughs> she don't always stand back. And so I've got to do a lot of talking with her when she wants to take over. I shared this in another episode when, when I started meeting with my protector part, my manager part, it was this, it was like, okay, Jesus, I really need to make sure you go with me when I'm talking to her. Cause she scares me. <laughs> she's fierce. Yeah. And, and, so, and it is fun, right? There, there's a, there is a play in this because when we realize that, Hey, we're not doing this because we're bored, we're not doing this because it's popular. We're doing this because all of those parts need our love and care and attention
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's worth it. Yeah.
2: That's right. And I, I'm laughing with you, Candace, just because those aggressive parts, right? And in Enneagram world, there's an aggressive stance. Three sevens and eights are aggressive. So Mm -hmm. those parts of us, when they're in control, they're in control and they have helped us survive. Mm -hmm. So when our self comes in and says, oh, I'm here now, they'll be like, yeah, I don't think so. And they're not going to want to like step back to get the care. So part of IFS is, is a building of a relationship with the part. And it takes time sometimes because for years and decades, even that part, especially when that's your core managing everyday part, because that's what the Enneagram kind of shows you what your everyday managing part. So shares yours is, is that nine that is always looking at the collective who's always worried about everyone and wants harmony and peace. And that's very important to your managing everyday part, right? And then Candace, ours is control in a different way than shares. No one's going to harm me. I will not be betrayed. So she's always looking for betrayal and where the harm is going to come. But the second we become aware and have that space of awareness, now we get space to see that younger part of us, right? And be like, oh, sweetheart. So in my 12-year-old story, I agreed that 12-year-old Agreed with those burdens that my dad placed on me. But there was also a very, very fierce eight ish part that said, Hell no, mm-hmm. I will never let him hurt me like that again. And my heart literally closed towards my father. And it took me years, years to help her open the, her heart back up again. Because mm-hmm. it just didn't close to him, it closed to pretty much everyone. Right, yeah. that burden of the eight is like we got to protect that soft innocence.
1: Thank you for naming that. It. it takes it can take years, Lori, because I'm aware that there is a train of thought that if we just go down to the altar and say the right prayer, and and my my justice parts getting kind of stirred up right now, that we should be able to forget about the past and move on. And I want to say, hell no. This work can take years. that's right. And it's okay, yeah,. That's right. and and it's I will it... say
3: it it does take years. Mm-hmm. I mean, not even just can, but it does take years, yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. it's glorious. like like, right? it's it's incrementally glorious as we step, you know, we take these little steps into healing, and then we think, oh, I'm there, I'm there. And then it's like, oh, guess not. <laughs> and then it's more, you know, but I mean, it's not just one long, you know, dearth of goodness for 20 years while we work on this. No, it's step by stepping into
2: the freedom. Absolutely. And Candace I just, something like kind of stirred in me as you were talking about How long it can take, and how especially our very fierce, protective, aggressive parts that have had to be aggressive to protect, that it does take a long time to get them to trust not only anyone, but ourselves. But what I also heard was another part of you, and I'm going to call it a spiritual part or a a religious part, that she needs care too, because she still holds a belief that you can just go to the altar and it will all be okay. And that's valid too. So I just want to make sure that you see and hear her as well, because we have other parts that then come against our main part and they need just as much care. They need room on the bus too, to have a seat and to have attunement.
1: Well, you just gave me more work to do, Lori, because I was telling Cher this morning, I'm pretty connected to two parts. I don't even know if I have any other parts, but you just gave me I know I have other parts. I just had, it's almost been a full-time job taking care of my, I call her my LK, which is my little K. And then I call her my TK, which is my teenage Candace, little Candace and teenage Candace. And I just started journaling to them in the mornings. And so sometimes I talk to LK and sometimes I talk to TK and now I have to bring in this other part.
2: So RK, you. religious Candace. because <laughs> yeah. I heard her. She holds a belief that you just need the altar. You just need the altar call to put it behind you. And she's valid because that has worked in some areas for her, right?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I, I just I wanted to say I heard her and I, I want to invite her onto the bus fully. Oh, great. <laughs>
1: Hopefully she'll let me drive. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Don't count on it.
3: <laughs> well, I I want to kind of start winding this down because we're close to our time here. It's been really a beautiful
2: conversation.
3: Lori, anything that you want to kind of add here as we just bring this time to a close?
2: Yeah, the thing that just came to me as you asked that question, Cher, it's like when I started this work. I mean, I started, we've all started this work forever ago, but the true like story parts kind of work, something that helped me because my parts were, I mean, I'm an eight, like for your listeners that don't understand Enneagram, an eight is just, we look like bulldozers, right? We just keep bulldozing through life without a lot of heart or like compassion. That's kind of like this, the archetype, but That's just not the full story, right? The full story is that there's a really tender space under that, that rough, tough part of me that drives me forward. And so I think what helped me in the beginning, because it can be so confusing. And like you said, you you're aware of two parts. Candace and Cher, I know you've done so much of your parts work, but the thing that helped me and still helps me, because sometimes I'll have a part that I'm like, if my story, you know, IFS coach is not around, because my parts will be like, we need Jenny, we need Jenny, you're not good enough for this, because they <laughs> need attunement that because I can't give, I don't have enough yet to give some of my parts. But the one little thing I would love to just leave your listeners with, and I, I get this from one of my spiritual teachers, his name is Matt Kahn. He wrote a book called Whatever Arises, Love That. And it's a really simple way because our parts are going to arise and they're going to arise as thoughts, feelings, sensations, impulses, pain in the body, a neck ache. It could be anything. It may may be a part or it may not. But the one thing that's so simple, even for my most traumatized clients, can you just put a hand on your heart or a hand on your belly and love whatever arises? It doesn't mean like if hate arise, like if hate is in you, like I just had a client early this morning was so full of anger and hate. And when anger and hate is there, it is there for a reason, Right. right? And we don't necessarily know the story, but I guarantee you it's a story of deep, grave injustice. So if we don't know the story yet and the part or the person's not ready to tell the story, we don't force the story, but we love the one that's holding the feelings about the story. So for me, when anger just comes, I might not love the anger, but I'm going to love the one that has the anger. Yeah, so good. So it's just like, can you love and accept the one that holds the anger? Because see that intellectual part or the doubting part is going to want to swoop in or the frustrated part is going to swoop in and should be like, shut the anger down. It's no good. But when we're in self-energy, we can be curious and loving and just be like, I see you there, angry one. And you are loved and welcomed on this bus. And I want to know your story and I want to know your injustice, because there definitely is one. If there's anger, there's been an injustice. And so it's just attuning with slowness and, and love. And that's the love that I think, share that you name you felt for me. It truly is just attunement. It's like willingness to hold space with kindness and love for whatever arises. Yeah. So whatever arises, love
1: it. And I'm going to be thinking about that today, Lori. Yeah. And I, I, actually, I just say
3: to our listeners, that this has been one of the hugest blessings of working with Lori and, and for Candace working with your coach, because it's, it's a very counterintuitive approach to dealing with the hard issues of our life, because we're very accustomed to these places and these voices that will very quickly name things as bad or wrong. Yeah. And okay. now here we are saying, "Ooh, that's important. And I want to listen to that rather than just Move it away and press it down. And it's been in the accepting and inviting forward for for all of us. Not only are we experiencing freedom and healing in relationships, but healing in our bodies and just this holistic healing that is coming as we are doing this good, good work. And so I invite our listeners to investigate, particularly as we have talked today about IFS. And the Enneagram and check out Laurie on so that S-O-W-T-H-A-T dot com. Lori, just such an honor and blessing to have you with us these two episodes. Thank you.
2: I love you both. Love you guys so much. Thank you for what you do in the world. It so matters. And you guys are glorious doing it. Yeah. I love you both.
3: As are you. Love you too.
0: Thank you for listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to suggested resources and social media, like, subscribe, and follow to keep up with our weekly content. And if you don't mind, take a moment to rate and review us. Your feedback is extremely valuable and contributes to the success of this podcast. Music was created by Caleb Paxton and our sound engineer is Jeremiah Jones of Story LLC. We welcome you to join us for more conversations soon. Take care.